just be honest with you guys tonight. You know, I almost let being pregnant talk me out of being up here sharing with you guys tonight. And yeah, pretty crazy, hey? But anyway, as we always get the roster posted out to us every every month or whenever it is, you know, as soon as I saw my name on the roster, I'm going to be honest, sorry, Pastor Chris, I'm going to be honest, but you know, my heart almost like sank because, you know, I don't think that public speaking is one of my greatest gifts to the world. And, you know, as soon as I found out that I was going to be preaching tonight, my mind just started to go into all of these negative thoughts, you know, like thoughts like, oh, you're just a mum. What do you have to share with a bunch of cool cats in the room tonight? You know, you're pregnant. We're, we're probably going to get a lot of puffed up here. Okay. So, you know, like baby takes up like 99% of my stomach. So you'll just have to deal with that. You know, I have a toddler. I don't have heaps of time to prepare. I just had all of these negative thoughts running through my mind. And hey, I'm not telling you tonight because I want it to be a pity party for Mads because you're not invited to that, to be honest. I wanted to tell you guys that tonight because obviously I'm standing here, so something changed. And you know, for me, I'm very much a preparer, so I've been asking God for weeks, like, hey, God, what do you want me to share tonight? Like, what's on your heart for everyone? And you know, after a few conversations with friends and people around me, I realized that God wanted me to speak about the devil and the tricks that he tries to play on us. Yeah, I know. Thank you, T. <laughs> and it was, it was in that moment that I realized what God wanted me to speak on, that I realized I almost got tricked out of doing an opportunity that God had put in front of me. And, you know, if hearing the devil's name kind of scares you, that's totally okay. You know, when I first became a Christian, it was something that, you know, I didn't really want to know about. I didn't want to listen to it. I didn't want to hear his name. I didn't want it to be a part of my world. You know, I was happy to accept God and the fact that he was a loving God and that, you know, he had a part in my, um, my world. He, he would intervene for me. He was there for me. He loved me, but the devil, nah, I didn't want to know. I didn't want to hear. Cause I, I don't know about you, but I was sort of under the impression that, you know, if I talked about him or read about him or spoke about him, it gave him power. But, you know, I actually think it's, it's the opposite. If we speak about him or speak about it in the right context, then it kind of takes the power away from it. And, you know, I was kind of thinking of a way to describe the magician. I mean, describe the devil. I already gave it away. Come on. He's kind of like a magician. Sorry, T. Yeah, T's going to be offended. I, I did think about that. But he's kind of like a magician. So if, you, if anyone's ever seen a magic show or had someone do a magic trick, it's kind of like they're always prepared magicians. You know, they always have a card. Like the, Yeah, it is true. The deck of cards in their pocket, the coin up their sleeve. They've always got a trick ready. You know, they're distracting you with the bright lights, the assistant, you know, the humor over here while they're doing the sleight of hand down here or I don't know if any of you have ever participated in a trick I know I have where they like spread the cards out and you pick and you're like yeah I'm in control here but they they know what cards you're going to pick or if if they don't they know where they're going to put it so that they can find it and they know the answer you know they're always prepared and I think the devil kind of uses the same sort of tricks as well 
And again, that's not to scare us and it's not to bring him power by mentioning his name. I think it actually does the opposite. So tonight, the title of my message is Tricks of the Trade. Because if we know the tricks of the trade, if we know what he's going to try and attempt to pull on us, then we, you know, we have the power. We can take it back. We can avoid those situations. So, sorry, we're getting pups. If we need to do some deep breaths, can we do it together? Great. You guys are awesome. So I want to look at Matthew tonight. So there's a a story in the Bible where Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tempted. And I think Pastor Jane spoke about this last week. So unofficial series here, guys. But so we're going to look at three tricks that the devil tries to tries to play on Jesus and Jesus's response to them because I think we can learn so much from that. So let's look at the first part of the verse, which is so Matthew four verse one to four, and it says, "Next, Jesus was taken into the wild by the Spirit for a test. The devil was ready to give it. Jesus prepared for the test by fasting forty days and forty nights, and that left him, of course, in a state of extreme hunger." which the devil took advantage of in the first test. Since you are the son of God, speak a word that will turn these stones into loaves of bread. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy. It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. That's a lot. You know, the devil, it says here, I want to highlight, it says the devil was ready to give it. How cool is the message version? But It says the devil was ready to give it. You know, the trick that he had ready for Jesus was that he was prepared and he was ready to use Jesus's situation against him. You know, he knew that Jesus was weak and hungry and probably exhausted and tired. And he was ready and waiting. Just like that magician, he had that trick ready. He was prepared. And I don't want to scare you, but you know, it's the same for our situation. He's ready to use those moments when we feel down, when we feel weak, when, you know, there's lots of students in here when we failed that exam for the second time, when we've been applying for jobs and we've been got another email saying, oh, you didn't get it. It's in those moments that he is ready and willing to strike. And again, that's not... That's not to, to scare us, but it's just to be aware of that he's ready to use our situation. But, you know, let's look. Let's look at how Jesus responds to this. It says in the verse, Jesus prepared for the test by fasting 40 days and 40 nights. You know, Jesus' defense here was, you know, the devil was ready, but so was Jesus. He went into this situation knowing that he was going to be tested, that he was going to be tempted, and he was prepared. And because he was prepared, he could so easily see through the devil's tricks. You know, the devil says, oh, like Jesus, he would have been starving. Like imagine not eating for 40 days or 40 nights. I definitely could not do that. But he would be extremely starving. And he was ready to use that situation against him. But because Jesus was prepared, he could see through. You know, Jesus could have easily in a second turned that stone into bread and eaten it. Like Jesus brought people back from the dead. Like he could have easily done that. But if we put ourselves in Jesus' feet, guys, my brain just runs ahead of me. If we put ourselves in Jesus' shoes... Like, imagine if you hadn't eaten for that long. Do you really reckon bread would be like a substantial meal? 
sure you would have been like, yes, bread. But then probably a little while later, you would have been starving again. You know, it wouldn't have been enough to bring him back to health, give him back the energy, the sustenance that he needed. It was literally just a cheap little distraction that the devil was dangling in front of his eyes to distract him from the plan that God had for him. And I think the devil tries to do the same for us. And, you know, for our lives, it it might look completely different. But, you know, maybe you're single here tonight and maybe it looks like you've met that cute someone on Instagram or Facebook. I don't know. I've been out of the game for a while. But you just start messaging and it turns into flirtation and you think it's just a bit of fun. But in reality, it might just be a cheap distraction from the feeling relationship yeah, that God has for you. Or maybe, maybe it looks like how you feel about yourself, how you feel like you look. Maybe you think, oh, if I lose another five kilos, then I'd be content. Or maybe you get a six-pack. That's not happening anytime soon. But, you know, maybe that's just how you feel about yourself and you're convinced that when, once I get there, then I'll be happy. Or, you know, or you're going out, out for a loan to buy that thing that you think is going to make you happy. These are just the cheap little distractions that the devil places in front of us to draw us out of the plan that God has for us. And, you know, I love, so while, you know, while the devil is ready and willing to use the situation, I love the situation that we're facing against us, but I love that, you know, our best defense is just to be ready, to know that it's going to be happen, know that we're going to be tested. But if we can be like Jesus and be prepared, we're ready to see through the cheap distractions. Cool. Let's look at the second trick that the devil tried to try to use on Jesus, but failed, obviously, because it's Jesus and the devil. Jesus always wins. So it's Matthew 4, verse 5 to 7. And it says, deep breath, let's read. It says, for the second test, the devil took him to the holy city. He sat him on top of the temple and said, since you are God's son, jump. The devil goaded him by quoting Psalm 91. He has placed you in the care of angels. They will catch you so that you won't so much as stub your toe on a stone. Jesus countered with another citation from Deuteronomy Don't you dare test the Lord, your God. Hello. (laughs) No, the devil's trick here was that the devil knew God's word. He knew it and he tried to twist it. He tried to manipulate it. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget that the devil actually, he knows God's word probably a thousand times better than I'm ever going to. You know, we can see this, like the first story in the Bible is literally Adam and Eve in Genesis. And I have a quick look at that for a sec. It says in Genesis 3 verse 1 to 5, it says, Now the serpent, which is the devil, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say that you must not eat from the trees in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, You know, we may eat from any trees. We may eat the fruit from the trees in the Guys, this is hard reading. You must not eat fruit from the tree. They can't eat the fruit from the middle of the garden. We'll go with that. And you must not touch it or you will die. And the serpent says, you will certainly not die. For God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good from evil. You know, he twisted the words that God had spoken to Adam and Eve. He knew it. He knew how to manipulate it to pull them out of the plan that God had for them. He caused them to sin. And, you know, 
I think this, it's important to note, but and I love the way that Jesus responds to it. You know, the difference between um, Adam and Eve and Jesus is that, you know, God, I mean, Jesus didn't just know the word of God. He knew the why behind it. And that's his defense. He quoted the Bible back back to the devil. He, he knew God's word, but he also had it in his heart as well. And I think, I don't know about you, but how many times do you, you know God's word, but you actually don't know the why behind what you believe? You know, for example, in, in, in our lives, it might look like, you know, the Bible tells us not to have sex before marriage, but do we actually know why? Do we know why the Bible asks that of us? You know, the Bible says, you know, and God says, don't lie. But do we actually know why it's wrong and why God asks us not to do that? Because there is, there's a very real difference between actually knowing the word and knowing the why behind it. And I think if we are able to know the why behind what we believe, we're not so easily um, manipulated by the devil. He can't twist our words because we have it in our heart and we know what it means and we know the why behind it. So I want to encourage you guys, like, hey, don't go away from tonight and get nothing out of it. Hey, go home. Discover the why for yourself. I could tell you, tell you the why, but sometimes it just, it, it goes straight over our heads sometimes. So discover the why for yourself. Ask some questions like, why do I believe what I believe? So that when the temptations and tricks come, which they will, um, and, he try, and the devil tries to use God's word against us, we can stand firm in what we believe. And finally, let's look at the last trick that the devil tried to use on Jesus. So, big breath again. (sighs) Practice my reading skills. For the first test, the devil took him to the peak of a huge mountain. He gestured expansively, pointing out all of earth's kingdoms. How glorious they all were. Then he said, they're yours, lock, stock, and barrel. Just go down on your knees and worship me, and they're yours. Jesus' refusal was curt. Beat it, Satan. He backed his rebuke with a third quotation from Deuteronomy. Worship the Lord your God and only him. Serve him with absolute single-heartedness. The test was over. The devil left and in his place, angels. Angels came to took care of Jesus. You know, the trick we see here is the devil just used flat-out lies. That's it. He just flat-out lied to Jesus. He, Jesus hadn't been tested or tricked by anything else he'd put in front of him. So he just flat out lied. He flat out lied to him. He promised things that he had absolutely no right to give to Jesus. And you know, sometimes that's exactly what he does to us when he has no other tricks. And that's how we start getting caught in the trap of feeling worthless, feeling, having a sense of self-doubt, getting caught in offense. And he promises fulfillment in that relationship or that job when it's only God's to give us. He, makes, he just flat out lies to us. But I love Jesus' defense. It is so simple. You know, Jesus turned to God and the devil left. Jesus literally just said, beat it, Satan. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget that when we're going through trials and we're being tested, we're not going through it alone. God's right there beside us. He's right there to intervene. And you know, sometimes all we have to say is beat it, Satan, and he's gone. 
And I love in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 13, it says, The temptation in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure it. God never allows us to be tempted beyond what we can, what we can bear. He always gives us a way out. He gives us a way to beat every test that the devil puts in front of us. He won't allow us to be tricked. And you know, if we can just remember the three things, if we can remember the three things that Jesus, um, Jesus did, it's our best defense. It's the best defense against any of the devil's tricks. So one, if we know that there will be testing, and we are prepared for these tricks. Two, if we know the Word of God and have it in our hearts. And three, if we know at any moment we can say, beat it, Satan, and he's gone. And before I finish, I really want to acknowledge, you know, we've talked about all these awesome ways to have the best defense. But what if you're sitting here tonight and you're like, man, I've fallen for them. I have been tricked. I've done things that I know I shouldn't have done. I have given in. Do you know what I want to say to you? I want to say welcome to the club. There is not a single person sitting in this room tonight or online tonight that has not fallen short, has not given in, has not done things that they regret or things that they feel like they shouldn't have done. We're all in this together. It's, it's just part of being human and living in the world that we live in. But I want to encourage you, you know, don't live don't live in that shame. You know, this week I was, I was talking to a friend about temptation and she said, it's like, it's like a door. You know, it's, it, when it's latched, it's really hard to open. You know, it's almost like you have to get one of those like CSI bodyguards, like slam it open. I don't know, they do it in the movies. Makes sense. It's, it's almost like that. It's really hard to open. But you know, the second we, we unlatch it, second we open it even just a little you know all it takes is a little breeze or a tiny push to open the door and that's kind of like what temptation is you know maybe you've let a few things in tonight whether that's you know offense lying maybe it's your feeling of self-worth porn relationship whatever it is it's so unique and individual to each and every one of us but I want to encourage you or maybe maybe you don't even know maybe you don't even know what you've let in And that's okay. You know, we as a church, we always encourage clean heart. We talk about it at church in life groups. And that just simply means taking the opportunity often to ask God, hey, is there anything in my heart that has been planted there that shouldn't be there, that isn't of you? You know, God's always ready and willing to show you what's in there that shouldn't be. He's willing to show you a way on how to start healing that, how to start repairing from that, how to turn away from that. He's always saying, hey, I'd love to ask you to stand because I want to pray with you guys tonight because you know what? I think this is something that we're all facing, whether that's now in the present or in the future or in the past. And I, want to, I just want to pray for you guys tonight, if that's okay. Father God, we just thank you that no matter what we are facing, Father God, that you are bigger than it. Father God, we just thank you that at any moment, if the burden, if the temptation is too much, we can turn to you, God, and say, beat it, Satan. There is nothing that we are facing right now, Father God, that is too big for you. And we thank you for that. Father God, we just thank you that if there's um, things in our heart at the moment that aren't 
of you, God. We pray that you are working on them right now. Father God, reveal them um, to those sitting here and online tonight. Father God, we just pray that you're starting to break chains where there needs to be chains broken. Father God, you're closing those doors. You're um, providing forgiveness, redemption. Father God, you're providing healing. In Jesus' name, Father God. Amen. And hey, maybe you're standing here tonight and, you know, maybe you've heard me talk about God and all the awesome things and the ways He can uh, protect us and be our defense against temptation. But maybe you're here and you're like, I, God hasn't been part of my journey. Or maybe He has been, but not for a while now. I, I want to encourage you, there's not one single thing that you could have done that could separate you from the love of God that could stop Him from loving you, stop Him from having a plan and a purpose that could damage your worth in His eyes. So I want to encourage you, hey, if, if making a decision to follow Jesus, if you feel like that is your next step, I want to encourage you, it doesn't have to be this big, crazy, spectacular. It could be as simple as saying a prayer in your own time or where it, whenever it is right now, it's such as, dear God, I believe in you. Thank you. Come into my life. I'm open to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And hey, if that was you who made a decision, uh, Nicole, oh no, not Nicole, Geordie and Sarah are going to explain in a minute what that decision means to you. But hey, I want to encourage you guys. We've, we've opened, we've started the topic, we've started the discussion around temptation. And I want to encourage you, don't let it stop here tonight. Because like I said, each and every single one of us is facing something. We're being tested in some way and there's such power in speaking about it, being open about it, but sharing it with trusted individuals. You know, your pastors, your life group leaders, those uh, amazing Christian friends you have around you. You know, not just the friends that are going to say, oh yeah, what you're doing is okay, but maybe friends that are going to challenge you in the right way. You know, say, hey, you know... I don't judge you for what you've done, but but there's more for you. God's got more for you. He's got a better plan for you. So, hey, don't let it stop here tonight. Thank you so much for putting up with my poop. Hope you guys have an amazing week.